the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the Sue Freeze Show, the pursuit of passion, purpose, and connection. Now, here's Sue Freeze. Hi, guys. Sue Freeze here. And listen, I just want to say that it's great to be here today. And I want to say that, I don't know about you, but I'm just feeling very vulnerable right now. Very vulnerable. How about you? Are you feeling vulnerable? There's some scriptures that I want to bring up that um, I opened up my Bible and I was talking. I mean, I was um, praying and I was reading. And um, something that came up that I had remembered uh, a long time ago that I was feeling vulnerable for other reasons, because there are times in our lives where we feel vulnerable. In that vulnerability, I felt like I was unprotected. And right now, with everything going on, do you feel like you're protected? I didn't feel protected. And so when I was coaching and I was counseling other people that were going through times when they felt vulnerable and unprotected, there was a scripture that was brought to mind or a chapter in the Bible that um, in my Bible, I wrote next to it, protection. And it's Psalm 91, if you want to remember that. And I'm going to read it. And what I did was, wherever it says you, which it's talking to us as we read, it's talking to each one of us. But I felt that I needed to cross off the you's and put me or I, because I want this to be a prayer that to, to strengthen me and give me a, a, a spirit of peace, knowing that God has us and God has me, and that I am protected because he tells us that he's there to protect us. So I'm going to read Psalm 91. And, uh, you know, if you can follow along, you can. If you're driving, you can't, but you can listen in. And so, he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in whom I trust. Surely he will save you, and I put me. Surely he will save me from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you or cover me with his feathers and under his wings you will find refuge meaning you but I put I I will find refuge his faithfulness will be my shield and rampart I will not fear you should not fear either the terror of night nor the arrow that flies by day nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness nor the plague that destroys at midday. A thousand may fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You, or I, will only observe with my or your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. If I make the most high my dwelling, even the Lord, who is my refuge, then no harm will befall me. 
No disaster will come near me or my tent, for he will command his angels concerning me to guard me in all my ways. They will lift me up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. I will tread upon the lion and the cobra. I will trample the great lion and the serpent. Because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue. I will protect as long as you acknowledge his name. She will call upon me and I will answer her. I will be with her in trouble. I will deliver her and honor her with long life. Will I satisfy her and show her my salvation? I don't know about you, but that brings comfort to me. A lot of comfort. Then I went to another scripture. And this scripture is something that I wrote in the sidelines of my NIV, page 9116 in my Bible. And it's Psalm 119, starting at 33. And it says, this is a prayer for us, for you, for me. And if you want to highlight it in your Bible, I suggest you do that. And you could pray this every day, and it would help you along the way. Teach me, O Lord, to follow your decrees. Give me understanding, and I will keep your law and obey it with all my heart. Direct me to in the path of your commands, for there I find delight. Turn my heart toward your statutes and not toward selfish gain. Turn my eyes away from worthless things. Preserve my life according to your word. Fulfill your promise to your servant so that you may be feared. Take away the disgrace I dread, for your laws are good. How I long for your precepts. Preserve my life in your righteousness. May your unfailing love come to me, O Lord, your salvation according to your promise. Then I will answer the one who taunts me, for I trust in your word. And it goes on. And I just wanted to share that because my Bible's been with me a long time, and I've got a lot of highlights and a lot of things. And I don't know about you, but if you are in the word, which I hope you are because God wants to know you and he wants you to know him, he knows you, but he wants you to know him better so that you can have a better relationship because it comes with understanding. It comes with knowledge that as you draw near to him, he reveals himself. And in the stage in which you're at and your maturity in your spirit, he reveals new things all the time. So as we grow nearer to him, he reveals more of him to us in our heart and our soul, our mind and our bodies. So I really, really would love it if each one of you would make a promise to yourself or a new goal for the new year to say, I want to draw near to him. I want to understand who he is. I want to understand what he means when he says, I will be your protector and I will guide. I will guide you. I'll give you discernment and I'll give you the desires of your heart. We all have desires, don't we? Of course we do. You know, when my daughter left for college, she went to Italy that's a long way for your little girl to go, isn't it? She went to Italy, and, and um, we get to the airport, and she goes, Oh, my goodness, Mom, I forgot my Bible. So I handed her mine, and she had my Bible for an entire nine months. And she got to know the Lord through my Bible, but she also got to know me because of what I had written in the sidelines and, and whatnot. And she, she one time reached out to me, and she says, So, Mom, tell me about Psalm 139. And Psalm 139 in the, in the side of my Bible says, my funeral. It also says that I want Sandy Patty. Uh, it says, 
uh, song, He Hears Me When I Call, He Knows My Name, through with Sandy Patty. Um, it's there because that's what I want played at my funeral. And uh, Search Me and Know Me, Oh God, is, is the verse that uh, really, you know, just is so wonderful to me because I want the Lord to search me and know me, and I want him to reveal to me if there's things in me that I need to change. And I'm on this journey of really listening to people that talk to me and tell me things. And instead of getting uh, feeling criticized or defensive, I find it's a time to really get to know myself maybe in a manner which uh, we can be blinded by ourselves in, in knowing what what's really happening. I have found in, in past shows that I've talked about my um, interaction with my older sister, Debbie, and that there's things that people do that annoy you. Have you ever realized that? There's things that annoy you. Yes, we all have things that annoy us. And in that, if we check ourselves and say, that really annoys me, what I've found is I have the same quality or not quality in my own personality to where I am uh, taking search me and know me, oh God, and I'm saying, reveal to me, Lord, if there's any evil way, if there's anything that needs to be plucked out, please take it from me. In my awareness of that, it's being shown to me by my annoyance in people's responses or actions. And I'll think, wow, do I do that? Do I do that? So ask yourself when you get annoyed with another person. Just ask yourself, do you have that same trait? Do you do that same thing? And if so, you have a choice to make. You can keep doing that. Or you can make a change right now and make a, a commitment to yourself and to the Lord that you're going to do things differently moving forward because you have a new awareness. And I think that that awareness is really great for our future relationships you know, it's part of acknowledging when we've done something wrong. It's part of saying, I'm sorry. It's part of asking for forgiveness. So in I'm, I'm wearing a shirt right now that I got off Facebook, and it's a company that is supposedly going out of business, which is sad, because it basically just says, let's breathe, you know, um, just breathe. It's, I had to look down, just breathe. Now, I wrote a book about learning to breathe, and it's not a yoga book. It's about my son and his asthma and simple, something as simple as breathing that we don't really think about until we cannot breathe. If you're underwater and you're trying to get up to the surface for the air, how many have been in a position where you feel like you're going to run out of air before you get to the top, to, the, to where you can get air because you're in the water? How many have been in that? It's kind of a scary place to be. Well, asthma is like that. You feel like you're being smothered. You feel like you can't get a full, a full lung of air, and it's very shallow and very tight, and you cough, and it's just miserable. And as a child, I had asthma, and I know what it feels like. And I, the position I had to have was fetal position upside down to where I was on my knees and my elbows and had my head between my elbows just to try to get a somewhat of normal breath. So those that have asthma, I get it. I understand. And my son, who's now 38, Tyson, who works with me at Ecola, he has asthma. And he just told me the other day, he says, man, my medical insurance cost me $130 to get an inhaler, and they only give you one. That's ludicrous, in my opinion. Number one, for the cost of that inhaler, that's his life. 
he has to have that inhaler. And to have one when you've got busy lifestyles, you need to have one in your car and you need to have one to lose and you need to have one, you know, somewhere else. I mean, $130 per inhaler. If somebody has some suggestions on that, I'm open for that. Uh, I think that's ridiculous for something as simple as an inhaler, but it's not so simple when you can't find your breath and you need to have that pump puff of uh, fresh air. So with that being said, um, in Learning to Breathe, the book, I talk about my journey of being a mom who has a child who cannot breathe and um, rushing him to the hospital two times every year, February and November, seemed to be the months that we had to end up in emergency. And I wrote this book talking about, uh, you know, triggers, triggers of asthma, triggers that cause this this whole thing to start and happen. And it's always at night when you're so tired and all you want to do is sleep and you can't sleep because you can't breathe. So if you want a copy of the book, please go to Sue Free, spelled like fries, one word, dot com, and I'll be happy to to sign uh, for that. So again, just go to Sue Free, spelled like fries, one word, dot com, and you can uh, uh, get the book, and I could sign it if you like, and we'll send it right out to you. Also, there is the I Am's on that site, and the I Am's are who God says you are, because we listen to the wrong message so often, whether it's our self-talk or somebody that's close to us. They might think they're doing us a favor by saying something that's derogatory or, or less than, when really that's not building us up and encouraging us to be all that God wants us to be. And I know the Lord you know, created you for a specific purpose, and sometimes we forget that. We forget that we have a um, a reason, a purpose on this earth. And it's up to each one of us to figure out what that is by asking the Lord to reveal it to us. Think about what you're good at and work in your gifts. And, um, you know, it gives you significance instead of just taking up air. We want to do more than just take up air. We want to make a difference in this world. At least I hope each and every one of us wants that. Um, In preparing for this show, Another thing that happened was um, I spent some time with my daughter and my son-in-love and my granddaughter and my son. We went to Montana, and it was a very quiet, calm time. It snowed, which I'm not used to. I'm a native Californian, and I'm not used to being in the snow for seven days, and that that was interesting. And uh, just the lifestyle of actually shooting a deer and eating what you shoot or, um, you know, using wood to burn in your house to keep you warm. And just the lifestyle is completely different, and there is such a peace about it, just going back to the way things used to be and conveniences that we are so used to and accustomed to that it just changes everything. And, and you know, cooking on, a, on the old stove that is wood-burning instead of flipping a switch and having propane gas fire or electric flipping that switch. So pretty amazing and very calm, very peaceful, and time to really just think and hear what God has to say. And uh, my daughter, she's writing uh, letters to her daughter that she puts on Facebook and Instagram. And she talks about life lessons as I do. And, you know, it's always about, you know, something um, regarding the Lord and lessons that she's learned. And she's teaching her daughter through through letters. And I just think it's so amazing the legacy that she's leaving her daughter from very, you know, from birth on now. And it's very interesting because her her last one was about uh, be anxious about nothing, you know, be anxious for nothing. And uh, that's probably another one of my favorite scriptures because I so often 
was anxious and I still get anxious, but I need to understand that God has this. And maybe you need to hear that too. Maybe that's what you need to hear right now is that, you know, God has this. We don't have control over so many things. We need to do our part in this world and in our America. We need to do our part. We need to just sit back, not sit back and just be silent, but choose your battles wisely, whether it's parenting or you know, in any aspect of your life, choose your battles wisely. It doesn't mean to be silent. It really doesn't. We need to be bold in our faith, but when it's going to make a difference. So uh, when I was walking in, there was a cup on the uh, sign-in for Salem Communications where where I'm sitting and doing the show. And I said, could you please make a copy of this so that I can share it with you? And here's what it says. And this is for all of us, all of us right now. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged for the Lord. Your God is with you wherever you go. How many of you need to hear that right now? How many of you need that assurance to be strong and courageous? He's not telling us to be meek. He's not telling us to be quiet. He's telling us to be strong and courageous. What does that mean to you? Because to me, it means I need to be bold where I need to be bold. I need to be strong and courageous and not be afraid. So whatever that means to you, you take it in, ask the Lord to reveal to you what you're supposed to do, and then do everyone a favor and do that. Take action where you need to take action. Don't just be silent and sit back and do nothing. Because here's the real thing is living with regret is sometimes doing things that you you chose and maybe they were incorrect for you in your life and you don't know that until you're in it and then you got to backtrack or make amends. But there's sometimes where you choose to do nothing or not enough, and there's regret in that also. So choose wisely is basically what, what that saying is, to be strong and courageous and choose wisely in, in what you're going to do moving forward. And I think that's good advice, very good advice. So in Philippians 4, I'm going to start with 4. Uh, I'm sorry, 4-4. Four, four. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. And that's right before my my scripture. Let your gentleness be evident to all. So it doesn't mean to be abrupt, as we see so much of today. There's a lot of hate right now. And there's a lot of attacking the person. Right? And, And I just don't think that that's really helping anybody at any time to attack a person. We need to be gentle. But it doesn't mean to be quiet. So. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, with thanksgiving, present your request request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, listen carefully. This is how you can choose your battles, right? Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, Whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. I hope this is encouraging because it's definitely encouraging to me. And those are other things I put in the sidelines positive. I just put positive next to it. I love positive. So, so far, I hope that's really helpful for each and every one of you. So Rick Warren, he uh, wrote an article, or this is his sermon, 
uh, peaceful relationships are built on truth. Every Monday at Ecola Termite and Pest Control, we have a staff meeting, and I have direct reports. I have, I thought, seven, but now it's eight. And we sit around a room, uh, around a table, and everybody has reporting that they have to bring to this meeting so that we can get caught up and be in unity as far as moving forward with what we have to get done this following week, month, or even year. And we're coming to a close of a year, and so we're discussing how we're going to finalize everything, and what are the most pressing issues that we face right now. And because I left and I was uh, praying a lot and I was removed from the the daily grind, as they say, I had time to retrospect. I had time to uh, listen to the Lord in Mother Nature. And I came back with a peaceful heart. And I came back with um, just understanding that the company is built on God's values and biblical principles. And I went around the room and I asked everybody, what is the culture of Ecola? What is it that we are really trying to build at Ecola? And it was wonderful for me to hear what my key reports were saying as we went around the room. It was reassuring. And, you know, having 80 employees right now, not everybody is on the same page. And the question is, how do we get everybody on the same page? How do we get everybody to understand the importance of what we're trying to create here? A long time ago in 20, in two, 2000, in 2000, when I, when I purchased E. Cola, uh, the Lord spoke to me and he said, because I was very unhappy that I was having to, to pull away from ministry as far as the way I knew it, um, on the worship team, on the drama team, on Usher. I was the head Usher over, uh, I don't know how many, I can't even remember how many different groups of ushering. There was four or five different uh, time slots. So I think that I was head Usher over over that. So there was so many things that I was involved in. And then I was the spiritual, uh, figuring out where people fit with their spiritual gifts was probably my fave. Uh, just understanding people and, and God's gifts and how to work within those gifts for servanthood. So with all that, I, I had to pull myself out of that because I realized that the endeavor I was going into, the, the money uh, responsibility, it was huge. And then just understanding and learning this whole new thing um, that I couldn't divide myself up into that many people uh, pieces along with being the mother and wife and all those other things that I also was taking care of. So I had to pull away, and I cried as I did that. But then the Lord spoke to me and said, your employees are your ministry. And that meant so much to me. It's because we need to bloom where we're planted. We need to, wherever we are, we need to make sure that God shows up through us, you know, that we need to be the light in the darkness. So peaceful relationships are built on truth. That was one thing that came up in the staff meeting was, is that our word is our word. And whether it's with each other or whether it's what we say to our customers, that we need to speak truth over whatever the situation is. And sometimes that can be difficult. But I told my staff, I said, the only times I felt like I lost relationships is when people maybe lost belief in me or what I stood for. And then I have to look at myself to say, what could I have done to correct or be better at that? So in your relationships, maybe there's been a lost belief or trust in that relationship. And if you're part of the problem, then you could fix it. If you're part of the problem, you need to ask for forgiveness. If it's on the other side, maybe you need to forgive. 
And does that come without any conversation? I would say, if possible, no. You want to have that conversation. So I'm going to leave you for a short break for you to think about that. And we'll be back very shortly. Have you noticed more insects or rodents in your yard or maybe in your home? Warmer weather means it's mating season. What's your sign? Hi, this is Sue Freeze of Ecola Termite Pest Control, but you can call me the Termite Lady. And I'm Tyson Freeze, manager at Ecola. When pests start mating, they start looking for food supplies. Your pantry, your garage, and a quick infestation can cost hundreds in tainted food. You don't want pests in your house. We know how to find and eliminate them before they can settle in. Call us for our free pestimate at 877-332-BUGS. New customers get $50 off any initial treatment. Pests hate that we make our service so affordable. Don't let insects and rodents move in. Call E. Cola now, 877-332-BUGS. That's 877-332-BUGS. Or online at termitelady.com. E. Cola, powerful termite and pest control. As gentle as a butterfly. E. Cola, 877-332-BUGS, termitelady.com. What would you do if your two-year-old child simply stopped breathing? The day businesswoman and author Sue Freeze discovered her son had developed life-threatening asthma, her life changed forever, sending her on a path of learning, discovery, and environmental activism. Sue's book, Learning to Breathe, chronicles her amazing life-and-death battle for her son Tyson's life, a how-to manual for parents of children with asthma, revealing the secret causes, surprising cures, and the untold truth about harmful indoor allergens. Written with the passion of a loving mother, wisdom of a successful businesswoman, and deep spiritual devotion, Learning to Breathe is a hero's journey for the parent in all of us. If your child suffers from asthma, this must-read book could save your child's life. Learning to Breathe by author Sue Freeze, available on Amazon, or log on to SueFreeze.com. That's SueFreeze.com. SueFreeze.com. You're listening to The Sue Freeze Show, the pursuit of passion, purpose, and connection. And here again is Sue Freeze. Thank you so much, Ecola, Termite and Pest Control, for sponsoring this show. I'm just so grateful to be part of that company and the team and uh, the wonderful customers we have, a lot of them from Salem Communications and from other sources. And I just want to say thank you to those listening, whether you're in San Diego, the San Diegans that are listening on K-Praise, or if you're in Ventura on uh, The Word, 98.3, The Word, the Venturians there, or how about KKLA, Orange County LAans? Thank you so much for listening in. Uh, KUHL is a secular station that's up north, and we have, I think, four other stations that are listening. And I just want to say thank you, and it's it's beyond amazing to me that um, if somebody would have told me 10 and a half, almost 11 years ago, that I would be on the radio talking about God and talking about relationships and talking about business and just life lessons and just all those things that go with that and having guests on. If you want to be a guest, I welcome you to uh, connect with me by going to Sue Free, spelled like fries, one word, dot com. I would love to have you on here. Every one of us has a story. And you know what? We need to let people know what we've been through because God shows up in those times. You know, when I'm the most vulnerable, when I'm the most transparent, it's when I have the most 
people connecting with me saying thank you for sharing. Thank you for being real. Thank you for just letting people know that you're vulnerable and transparent and that, you know, you've been through some tough times, Sue. And you know I have, but I know there's always someone that's been through a whole lot more than me. But I have to tell you that if I didn't have my Heavenly Father to give me the strength and the courage to be able to just, you know, be real, then uh, I don't know where I would be. I really don't. I don't know if I would be talking to you right now for sure. So truth, being trustworthy and being truthful, being reliable, being dependable, being somebody that people can believe in, I think is significant. And I think it's where relationships have to be. And I would say that the relationships that have not worked in my life is because of a lack of trust, where I couldn't trust the person, where I felt like there was lies and we couldn't get past the lies. And so those relationships are are really pressured, and it's very difficult to have a relationship that way. So if you are somebody that um, has some issues with that, can I just say to you that if you really, really desire to have real relationships, then you need to be honest with yourself and with those that you're wanting to have a relationship with. You need to be honest. I mean, truly honest. And sometimes honesty is not easy. It's really not. And to be honest and ask for forgiveness is not easy. But I have to tell you that as long as we hold on to these things that are holding us back from having the full benefit of knowing God and his love and his grace, you know, we're missing out. You're missing out. And if we hold back because we're afraid of getting hurt, I think it's better to have loved and lost than to have never have loved at all. And if you hold back and you don't give it your all, then, you know, we're, you're going to suffer and the relationship will suffer and so on and so forth. So peaceful relationships are built on truth. And this is Rick Warren. But the wisdom from above is pure first of all. It is also peaceful, gentle, and friendly. It is full of compassion and produces a harvest of good deeds. It is free from prejudice and hypocrisy. This is James 3.17. More than ever, the world needs you to be a peacemaker. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. So ask yourself, do you stir the pot? Or are you a peacemaker? I'm a middle child. And because there's such a difference in age between my older sister and I, I'm middle, but I'm older. Because my younger sister is five years younger. We were a lot closer in age, only two years, but it was an amazing two years. Um, And I just felt like I was the one that took care of my little sister. So even though I was the middle child, I was the peacemaker. But I also was on the older side of, uh, of that situation. And understanding your family of origin, understanding where you are in your sequence of siblings helps you understand yourself a little better. If you're the oldest, you know, you, you, are, you are training your parents <laughs> on all of those difficult decisions. The younger one is the spoiled one normally and has it a little easier because the, parent, the children before uh, have like, you know, worked on the parents and, and just exhaustion and lack of enough energy or time makes it to where it's a little calmer when you get to the the youngest one. So understanding your family of origin and understanding what part you play. You know, everybody has to find their own place in that family. 
There's always, you know, someone that's funny, somebody that's serious, somebody that's uh, the peacemaker. And it's normally the middle child because I felt I was rubbed off on both edges. Um, I don't know where you are, but I think peacemakers are are important to the whole. It's looking for the win-win, I think. Uh, you know, how can we how can we get to the middle of this to where we can solve everybody's issues and still come out okay? That's the question that that can be asked instead of just stirring the pot. You know, I have employees that stir the pot a lot. They just stir the pot. And I'm wondering why they want to do that. What what is what is in it for them to stir the pot? Not sure yet. I'll let you know when I figure that one out. Being a peacemaker takes intentionality and God's wisdom. And someone who is wise understands that you can't compromise the truth. When James says real wisdom is pure first of all. He's talking about always telling the truth. James 3.17, Proverbs 15.26 says, The Lord delights in pure words. Pure words. Truthful words? Mm-hmm. If you apply God's wisdom to your relationships, then you're going to be truthful. You're not going to lie to people. You're not going to cheat them, trick them, mislead them, or take advantage of them. You will, above all else, tell the truth. A wise person uses pure and truthful words in their relationships. Why do you think God mentions purity first in James 3.17? Because all relationships are built on trust, and all trust is built on truth. You can't have trust without truth. In order to build a solid relationship, you need to have trust. In order to have trust, you need to have truth. You have to tell the truth. God's wisdom is pure, truthful, and full of integrity. You probably don't know who Dr. Leonard Keeler is, but you know what he co-invented? The polygraph. After testing more than 25,000 people on the lie detector, Dr. Keeler concluded that every human being is by nature dishonest. Of course, Christians know this already because we know how sin has corrupted our nature. Like everyone else on the planet, you're naturally dishonest. But God doesn't want you to stay that way. God wants us to grow up, to know the whole truth and tell it in love. And that's Ephesians 4.15 in the message. God wants you to know the truth and then tell the truth in love. When you practice lovingly speaking the truth, you will be at peace in your relationships and model peace for the world. Can I just suggest that you try it? I know sometimes it's, you know, oh, it's just a white lie. It's just a white lie. It's still a lie. Sometimes we have to be, I don't know, um, sensitive. We have to be sensitive. I almost said something, but I couldn't say it because I've been told I can't say it yet. So I've got to just ignore what I was going to think. And you guys can ask me next week because by next week, I'll be able to tell you what I was going to tell you this week. Wise people avoid arguments. How many of you feel that you're argumentative? Ask yourself why. I think facts are important. I think evidence is important. I think truth is important the most vital importance. Real wisdom, God's wisdom, begins with a holy life and is characterized by getting along with others. Do you get along with others? Do you get offended easily? Are you always looking for a fight? Does your defense mechanism kick in during every other conversation? The Bible says that if you are wise, 
You won't antagonize someone's anger. Real wisdom, God's wisdom, begins with a holy life and is characterized by getting along with others. Wise people work at maintaining peace and harmony. They're not carrying a chip on their shoulders. They don't take offense easily. And they don't say and do things that they know will stir other people's anger. So if I stopped right now and I said, is there someone in your life that pushes your buttons? Is there someone in your life that you push their buttons? Is there something you could do different to stop pushing their buttons? And why are you pushing them? If you know that you're pushing a button, why are you continually pushing that button? Is it to drive a point home? Why? Is there another way you could do it to where you'd get a better result? Because pushing the button just gets people on defense and gets them to not be uh, amicable to be in agreement or even listen to your argument. What could you do differently to get a different result? Because if you continually push buttons, you're not going to get what you want. And they're just going to be upset and not really listen to what you have to say. So that's not really accomplishing any goal, is it? Really? Think about it. Any fool can start arguments. The honorable thing is to stay out of them, Proverbs 23. Being wise in your relationships means avoiding arguments. There's a long list of things that cause arguments. Here are three specific things you can avoid as you try to honor people and build more Peaceful and loving relationships don't compare. That's a big one. Don't compare. Comparing causes arguments because it shows that you're not satisfied and content with what you have and who God has made you to be. When you are content with your life, it will show in your healthy relationships. I could stop right there. That was huge. That was a golden nugget right there. The next one is don't condemn It's no surprise that using condemning statements like, it's all your fault, or you should be ashamed of yourself, leads to arguments. Also hurt. I mean, just hearing that, me saying that, it kind of hurts my spirit. Or maybe it comes out in phrases like, you ought to, you shouldn't, you always, you never. Using phrases like these and condemning people puts you above them. That is not the way of Jesus. If I stopped right there and you did an assessment, would you say that you fall into any one of those categories? Do you say those things? You always, you never. I learned that being married. You don't always, it's not always, it's always never. It's never, never. Never is a long time. Always is forever, always. And that's not true. Don't contradict. So what is this? They're all C's. First one's don't compare. Don't condemn and don't contradict. When you're in the middle of an argument, don't sweat the small stuff. If somebody gets a detail wrong, just let it go. Don't correct them. William James, a famous psychologist, said, Wisdom is the art of knowing what to overlook. If you can learn to let things go, then you will notice how much more peaceful your relationships are. Comparison, condemnation, and contradiction always lead to arguments. But when you choose instead to show grace, God can transform your relationships. Isn't that the goal? Isn't that what we want? The desires of your heart. What are the desires of your heart? For me, I don't want to have any negative relationships. I don't want to have any any people that don't like me. As a leader, you're going to have people that disagree. But even in disagreement, does that mean that that person, that you can't like somebody and disagree with them? I think you can. I think we can disagree and still like each other. You know, I, if you close the door and you just say, uh, you know, then that's a whole different ballgame. 
You can't have peace until you learn to let go. Do you agree with that? You can't have peace until you learn to let go. This is also by Rick Warren. Real wisdom, God's wisdom, begins with a holy life and is characterized by getting along with others. It is gentle and reasonable, overflowing with mercy and blessings. Not hot one day and cold the next, not two-faced. You can develop a healthy, robust community that lives right with God and enjoys its results only if you do the hard work of getting along with each other, treating each other with dignity and honor. There's a good one. Treating each other with dignity and honor. So much in Facebook, you know, whether you're Republican or Democrat, there's just a lot of hate. There's a lot of no dignity and not treating each other with honor. It's attack, 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 and hate, hate, hate. And it's sad. It's so sad to me. And I try to put perspective in there to say, hey, guys, come on. You know, what's the big picture here? With so many people at home or during the pandemic, you might notice you're a little more sensitive than usual. Maybe you're quick to point out everything that's wrong in the world or in your home. Maybe you jump on every mistake and error and feel duty-bound to remind people what didn't work. Maybe you're just overly picky about everything and determined to keep bringing up the past. Hmm. This is a stressful season. And it's understandable that you'll feel like acting this way at certain times. But if you want to plant seeds of peace in your relationships, then you won't emphasize other people's mistakes. You'll let go of your pride and choose to put someone else's needs above your own. That's not easy, even when you're not under stress. But it is a mark of spiritual maturity when you can let something go for the sake of healthy relationships. I'm listening to me read these words right now, and, and you know, I, I feel convicted right now because there's times when I fall into this, search me and know me, oh God, if there's any evil way, pluck it out. I'm reading this right now, and I'm saying, I have work to do here. I have work right here to do. Real wisdom, God's wisdom is gentle and reasonable, overflowing with mercy and blessings, not hot one day and cold the next, not two-faced. Can we rely on God to protect us? Bible verses about protection. The world seems to get more frightening every day. As Christians, we put our faith in God, but can we really count on him to protect us? Bible verses about protection tell us we have a powerful defender and that nothing can separate us from his love. Have mercy on me, my God, for in you I take refuge. I will take refuge in the shadow of your wings until the disaster has passed. Psalm 57, 1. Notice God doesn't keep the disaster from happening. He shields his beloved from the worst. But sometimes there's a need to seek shelter in his presence while calamity rages all around. Boy, isn't that right now? Isn't that here right now? Protection from temptation? No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure. 1 Corinthians 10.13 in IV version. The Greek word for tempting and tempted is used in other places to mean testing or tested. Sometimes there is a lesson or growth opportunity to in hardship, God's protection comes in the form of an escape from negative influences. We have a choice whether we will look for that door and walk through it. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. There it is again. Or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. These words were spoken by Moses just before he died. He was turning over leadership to Joshua and trusting his successor to lead Israel from the promised land. The armies, they were about 
to face were bigger, stronger, and better equipped. Moses reminded his people they were backed by a powerful ally. Protection from wicked people. Do we know anybody? Have we seen that? Do we know that there's wicked people out there? And pray that we may be delivered from wicked and evil people. For not everyone has faith, but the Lord is faithful and he will strengthen you and protect you from the evil one. Thessalonians 3, 2, and 3. Protection from fear. So do not fear, for I am with you. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Isaiah 41, 10. Sometimes our feelings of anxiety can be even more overwhelming than the thing we fear. In those times, we can look to God to strengthen us against distress. Because the poor are plundered and the needy groan, I will now arise, says the Lord. I will protect them from those who malign them. Protection even when you sleep. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. When fear keeps you awake... Remind yourself God offers his protection around the clock. He doesn't sleep. So you can rest knowing he's watching even when you can't. Faith happens. Faith happens. What are you going to do tonight when you lay your head down on your pillow and you want to close your eyes? What's going to bring you rest and peace and comfort? I think knowing that his protection is real and he really is awake all night and he will protect you through everything that we're going through right now. We need to just breathe. We need to breathe in, breathe out and understand that he's got this. Even when we don't understand what's happening, he's got this. And we need to do what we can do to be strong and courageous in this time. And I hope that brings you peace and comfort to know that he has this. We need to breathe. But let's put our faith and trust in him and let's do our part. And what part is that? What were those three C's again? I'm going to bring that up to not compare, to not condemn and not contradict. To live in truth, to not lie, to build that relationship with trust so that people can believe in you, that your word is your word, and it is your bond. And if we have that integrity and we move forward in that, yes, we can have tough conversations, tough love conversations or fierce conversations, and we need to have those. And I don't believe in putting those things off. I have friends and people close to me that they're trying to find just the right time to have that conversation. And I think that there is wisdom in that. But to not let the sun go down on your wrath doesn't mean wait a month to have that conversation. It doesn't mean to wait a week or even days. It means don't let the sun go down on your wrath. It means that, you know, even if you need to say, look, I know we need to talk about this and we're tired, we're hungry, and I really want us to receive what each one of us has. And I want it to be a healthy conversation. So we are going to come back together tomorrow maybe is okay. But we need to have an appointment and we don't want to miss that appointment. And this is great for husband and wives because there were times in, in, in my marriage where um, I just was all day long regurgitating and going over conversations that happened and trying to figure it all out. And I just kind of dwelled on that. And then, you know, now I'm head, president, CEO of a 
a fairly large company, and, and I find that in order to cope, in order to handle what's going on in my life, I can't get caught up in those emotions so much. I don't even have the luxury of getting into that emotional state because I have to focus and I have to be, you know, thinking about the big picture and I have to keep my emotions in check so that I can, you know, be firing on all cylinders and making sure that I'm doing the things the right way, God's way. And sometimes I have to just stay out of my heart and be in my head. And then there's other times where I need to be in my heart and be sensitive and discerning in the spirit. But we have a choice in that. And we need to know when we need to do what. And we need to choose our battles. And sometimes we have to let those little things go. Maybe there's another time, another, another place, another time where we can deal with those little things. But can we focus on what God's plan is and focus on being the light in the darkness. And part of that is to be trustworthy, to be that integrity person that's being honest and not live in a deceptive world, to not have secrets. Look, if you can't celebrate in a decision, then maybe that decision's not the right decision for you. And I'm talking to specific people right now. And I just think you need to understand that if you're having to hide something or you're not willing to share it, then maybe there's a reason why that is. And you need to be listening in the spirit. There's, there's really strength in that. Be a blessing to someone each and every day. Be trustworthy. God bless you. And until next week. It's that time of the year when bugs multiply like crazy and start looking for a home, your home. Ants, spiders, fleas, earwigs, termites, and a lot of other creepy crawly critters, even rats and other varmints. It's time to call E. coli Termite and Pest Control Services. They offer complete ecological pest control of rodents and insects. Ecola has one-time services, ongoing monthly services, their most popular and economical every-other-month service, and even quarterly service for occasional pest problems. Ecola keeps rats and mice out and eliminates insects in their nests. It's the most effective way, and their termite control is legendary. So call Ecola today for a free estimate of complete pest control at 877-332-BUGS. No more creepy-crawly critters like ants, spiders, fleas, earwigs, termites, rats, and other pests. Call them at 877-332-BUGS. 877-332-BUGS. E.C.O.L.A. Powerful pest control services as gentle as a butterfly. Ask about their two-year warranty. Call 877-332-BUGS.